me to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, verse 46. And I'm going to continue in the series today, The People Jesus Stopped For. The People Jesus Stopped For. We're going to read about a blind man named Bartimaeus. We've been sharing the last few weeks on how Jesus stopped for people. We talk a lot about the steps of Jesus, but what about the stops? What about the stops? Because Jesus stopped for people. Isn't that a miracle? And you know what? Jesus is stopping for you today. Jesus is not just a Lord for the masses, but he's a Lord for the individual. He knows your name. He knows your address. He knows what you're thinking, what you're feeling, what you've been through this week, how you've been tempted, the battles you've had the thoughts that have uh, come your way, and he's here to help you today. Mark ten forty six, And they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? Wouldn't you love the Lord to look at you right now and say, what do you want me to do for you? Well, would it shock you if I were to tell you he's the same yesterday, today and forever? And what if he were saying to you, what do you want me to do for you? Because he is. The blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately, immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Lord, we thank you for your word today. Open our hearts, speak to us, and thank you, Lord, for stopping to minister to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Look at your neighbor and tell him he's stopping for you. In Joshua, the book of Joshua, we're told that amazingly the sun stood still in the midst of heaven and did not hasten to go down for about a whole day. For the Lord fought for his people at the command of Joshua. I want you to think about that. The sun stood still at the command of Joshua. This was a great miracle, but it was just as great a miracle when the Son of Righteousness stood still at the cry of one man. You know, I think so much hinges on our faith. I think so much hinges on what our faith level is. Can I tell you today that Jesus cares about you and Jesus is stopping for you? He cares enough about your pain. He cares enough about your questions. He cares enough about where you are and where you need to be. He wants to heal you. He wants to restore you. He wants to bless you. He wants to guide you. He wants to edify you. He wants to exhort and comfort you. He wants to give you a future and a hope. 
He wants to guide you into a good thing. He's got a plan for your life, a blueprint for your destiny, and God wants to bless you more than you want to be blessed. God wants to bless you. If God will stop the sun in the sky, which actually means that the earth did not rotate for a day. Pastor Jeff, that's bizarre. No, that's God. Because that's what happened. And if he'll do that for one man, what will he do for you and me under the new covenant blood of Jesus Christ? Jesus, in our story, was making his way to Jerusalem to die for our sins. He was making his way to Jerusalem and was passing through Jericho and a great multitude followed him and his disciples. A blind man named Bartimaeus was sitting by the roadside begging. Now, among other things, he wore an outer garment that was like a coat. He used this garment for his begging. It was a great, it was a long thing. I read about these these coats that the beggars used. And it was a long garment they would wrap around themselves and they would use a part of it to hold out as a pouch. And when the people walked by, they would toss the coins in. And here sat blind Bartimaeus, begging, just like he had done so many days before, begging living his life out as a beggar by the side of the road. And the Bible says that while he was sitting there in his normal spot, perhaps a few coins already clinking in the bottom of his cloak, he heard a commotion and the sound of a distant crowd approaching. You know, anytime Jesus comes on the scene anywhere, there is always a commotion. Jesus may come in quietly, but when Jesus comes in, there is movement, there is a commotion, there is life. And this blind beggar said, what is that? What is that? He just just leaned towards somebody not being able to see them and asked the stranger, what is this that I'm hearing? And they told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. Now, I'm going to tell you folks, it's exciting when Jesus passes by. And something in him clicked. And we read that he said something very interesting. He yelled out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. When you hear that little phrase, Son of David, you know that this man was speaking from information. He had information. He had picked up somewhere in his life that when the Messiah showed up, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, he would be the Son of David. So something went off in Bartimaeus' spirit when he heard that Jesus, because they didn't say Jesus, the son of David, is passing by. They just said Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. But he began to yell, Jesus, son of David, son of David, Messiah, have mercy on me. Now I'm going to use a little bit of poetic license, but I think that I'm right with this and accurate with this. I believe that when he heard that Jesus was passing by, I'm guessing that in a flash, old Bartimaeus' mind drifted back to his childhood. When he was a little black-haired Jewish boy who would play on the banks of the Jordan River, which was only about 500 yards from where he sat begging, and it is highly probable that his mother, as all Jewish mothers did, taught him Bible stories as a little boy. And perhaps one of his favorite things to do was snuggle up in her arms at nap time or at bedtime 
and listen to the stories of the mighty ways that God had delivered the children of Israel by His power and by His glory. Because God had commanded parents and the elders of the people to teach them these things. So it was very, very common for a mother to teach his child these things. No doubt one of his favorites, I can only imagine, as little Bartimaeus sat there in his mother's arms, was the story of God parting the Red Sea. Can't you imagine what that would do to a little boy when he knew that God did this for his people? And he probably listened with wide-eyed wonder at the stories of God leading his people with the cloud by day and the flaming fire by night. And he must have felt comfort as a boy when he was told that God provided manna for the people every morning and that God even caused water to come gushing out of a dry rock to feed his thirsty people. And he must have thrilled at how at the very Jordan River where he played, God had parted the waters to allow a million of his ancestors to cross over. And how could he have not been mightily moved and impacted by the news that his very own city, Jericho, had been marched around for seven days by the children of Israel and that God supernaturally brought the walls crashing down to give his ancestors the victory over the enemy. And oh, how he admired Moses and Joshua. Moses was revered. He had met God face to face and given them their Bible. And Joshua had even once, as we just read, in the middle of a war, looked up and said, Son, stand still. And for a day, the sun did not move. How he loved those stories. And when they were finished, his mother would often gather him in her arms. And here is what I believe he was told, Bartimaeus. My little man, I want to tell you something. Always remember, we as a people have a great promise from the prophets, a Messiah, a Savior from the house of David, Bartimaeus, will one day come. And when he does, Isaiah the prophet told us, the eyes of the blind shall see and the deaf ears shall be opened. The lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the dumb will sing. Little Bartimaeus, remember, I've told you, everything has, God has done for us as a people has been pointing, leading up to, heralding, prophesying the coming of one who will do miracles, die for our sins, and rise from the dead. And not only that, but he also heard the elders in the temple teaching this very thing. You know, folks, when you teach a child the Word of God, you don't know that like little seeds, that Word goes down into their heart. It may appear dormant. It may seem like nothing's happening. But when opportunity strikes information, inspiration comes, and God can bring that Word out. Then as little Bartimaeus grew up, life happened as it does to all of us. Either an accident or a disease, we don't know which, but something took away the most precious thing God can give. It took away his sight. And little Bartimaeus, as he grew up, found himself begging in the streets. Change, spare change, 
Anybody have any change? Help an old beggar. But in him, there was a word. Old folks, never doubt the power of the Word of God. His mama took him, taught him the Word of God. His elders taught him the Word of God like a seed deep down in the ground of his soul. It was lying there just waiting for the moment that God had appointed for him. Now the noise of the approaching crowd snapped his mind back to the moment. And now there was a stirring deep down in his soul. He turned to the person again. Who did you say was coming? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. His memory shot back again to what his mother had told him. Remember, Bartimaeus, the prophets have promised a Messiah from the house of David will come. The eyes of the blind shall be opened. Deaf ears shall hear. The eyes of the blind shall be opened. The eyes of the blind. Isn't that what she said? The eyes of the blind would be opened when the Messiah came from the house of David. The eyes of the blind would be opened. And then I think he thought to himself, if he could stop the sun in the sky for one man to give them victory over the enemy, then will not the sun of righteousness stand still for me? Come on, everybody. I'm telling you, if God will stop the sun in the sky, God the sun will stop for you. And he began to cry out with knowledge, Son of David, Jesus, Son of David, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Now the minute you begin to cry out on the Lord, you're always going to have people that are going to try to stop you. They begin to tell him to be quiet. You stop that yelling. You stop that screaming. Quit lifting up your hands. Quit going to church so much. Quit reading that Bible all the time. Why don't you quit praying all the time? and come back down to earth. No, we need to be praying all the time, reading the Bible all the time, seeking Him with all of our heart all the time. You know why? Because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. I don't know about you, but I want Him stopping for me. I want Him stopping. I want to hear Him say, I've seen you seeking me. I've seen you praying. I've seen you reading your Bible. What do you want me to do for you? Oh, son of David, here's what I want you to do for me. I want you to move a few mountains, bring up a few valleys, open some doors, bless my socks off, because that's what you do. You're a God of blessing, a way maker who makes the way where there is no way. Is anybody out there today? You can't seek him without finding him. What I love about this is he was surrounded by a huge multitude, everybody clamoring, everybody yelling. But it says as soon as he heard the voice of this beggar who hadn't even stood up yet, he was still sitting in his spot, just crying out, Jesus, son of David, I know who you are. My mama told me who you would be. My elders told me who you would be. I know that you are the son of David. It's interesting to me that Jesus stopped for the woman with the issue of blood when the touch of faith reached out and touched his garment. But with Bartimaeus, it was the cry of faith. The cry of faith stopped Jesus. Say, Pastor, I just don't believe he knows about me. Oh, he knows all about you. I don't think he's aware of me. Oh, he knows all about you. 
He's very aware of you. Then what is he waiting for? He's waiting for the cry of faith. All you got to do is just look up and say, I know who you are. I believe you're the son of David. I believe you're the Messiah of the world. You're not just a first century hippie walking around in sandals saying good things to people. You are God wrapped in flesh, wrapped in skin, come to the earth to die for us, to rise again from the dead so that we could one day be resurrected. I'm sorry that this has stirred me up, but I am stirred up because I know he hears us and answers prayer. Jesus called for him. You know, it's a beautiful thing when Jesus calls for you. When you hear the call of Jesus. And here's what I know today. Some of you in this place today are not as close to him as you ought to be. But you know what you ought to be encouraged about? He's calling for you. Well, how do you know that? Because I know that that's what he's doing. He's calling for people. This is the last days. He's about to come again. It's all about to be wrapped up. He's about to bring history as we know it to a close. And the Bible says he's long-suffering, suffering long, waiting long, bearing long, enduring long, so that many more can be saved. I know he's calling you, and you know it, because the nudge, that little nudge on the inside, that's the holy nudge, the divine nudge. He nudges your heart. He says, he says, come to me. You're aware of it at night when your head hits the pillow and nobody's around, the nudge comes. And you know that it's the call of God. You wouldn't be in church today if the nudge had not been coming to you. He nudges you. He speaks to you. He encourages you. He calls you. You're a little bit afraid of it. You're a little scared of it. There's some trepidation. You don't know what it's going to mean if you give your whole life to him. But I'm telling you, you can't go wrong by stepping out of the quicksand and onto the rock. He will establish you. He will bless you and help you. He's a good God. And I know that He calls people. And doesn't anybody have to be around? He can call you with nobody talking to you because the Holy Spirit knocks on the door of your heart and says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart, and you shall find not trouble, you shall find not confusion, you shall find not fear, but rest for your soul. He's calling people. The nudge. The nudge. He called Bartimaeus. The people said to him, Be of good cheer. Rise. He is calling you. He is calling for you. Now, when I read about what Bartimaeus did, Kathy and I, there was a while there, we religiously watched The Price is Right. I don't know what it was about The Price is Right that got me. I guess it was that Bob Barker will stand up there and names will be called. And then he'll say, come on down. And these normal human beings, normal people, suddenly go insane. These women who I'm sure are dignified outside of the Price is Right, who have some honor outside the Price is Right, they go berserk. They stand up. They run down the aisle like Pentecostals a hundred times over. No shame. No embarrassment. Their hair falls down. They, they, they just run down that aisle run up to Bob Barker like he's Jesus, part two, hug him and kiss him, jump up and down, make total fools of themselves. 
I'm sure when they see the broadcast later, they just want to die. <laughs> Honey, is that you on there? Mom, was that you? There's an anointing on the prices right. Now, what is it? Because when your name is called, you know you might win something. You might get something free. And you might even, you might even walk away with a car. When I read about Bartimaeus, when it says, rise, he is calling for you, he acted just like a contestant on The Price is Right. That's right. He acted just like a contestant on The Price is Right. Because the Bible says he stood up and he had on this beggar's garment. And he unraveled that thing and he threw it. He, and here's what he was saying. I've been a beggar, but the one who's calling me is going to end all that right now. I've been a beggar. So this, he's calling my name. He didn't call Joe. He didn't call John. He didn't call Bill. He said, Bartimaeus. And you know, one of the things, you see these women get hit with their name. Mary, come on down. They look around. They realize it's them. And, and the rush is that they called their name. Let me tell you something about God. It says, my own, I know my own sheep and I call them by their name. Bill, John, Jeff. Jill, Judy, Beth, I'm calling you by name. And when He calls you, you ought to get excited because you're about to get something free. And I'm going to tell you something. It's better than a car. It's better than outside patio furniture. It's better than anything Bob Barker can give you. For by grace, you have been saved through faith and He is going to take you not only here on earth and bless you, but He will one day say, not come on down, come on up. Come on, church. And you won't need the garment anymore. There's what I love about Bartimaeus. When he knew who he was, he knew exactly what he wanted and he did not hesitate. When Jesus calls, you don't do it next week. You don't do it next month. You don't respond next year. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. You respond now. Today. There's something powerful about today. When you feel that nudge, you know that God is speaking to you respond. And if something is wrapped around you, the Bible said laying aside, putting down any hindrance at all that you might follow Him. If it's religion, put it down. Wrap it off of yourself. See, this garment bound Him because it was wrapped around Him. He was encased and enclosed and entwined in this garment. But he knew if I'm going to get to him and get to him quickly, I've got to lay it down. I've got to put something down in order to pick something up. I'm going to have to let go in order to take hold. And so he put it down. And sometimes we've got to put religion down. Religion, man's best effort to re reach up to God. Religion is a hindrance that wraps around you. You may have to just say, 
I'm not here for church. I'm not here for stained glass. I'm not here for ritual. I'm not here to give somebody else the idea that I'm spiritual. I've got to put religion down. I don't want religion. I want relationship. Relationship. It might be a wrong relationship that has wrapped itself around your mind and your heart and your life. And Jesus is calling you and you know you're going to have to put it down. My friend, listen, lay it down. Nothing is worth keeping you from Him. What about a habit? Well, I've got a habit, Pastor Jeff, and I just don't believe that God can set me free. Listen, lay it down. Run to Him. Don't just lay it down. Don't just make a New Year's resolution and lay it down and leave it there and go try to live your life. If you lay something down, pick something up. If you leave something behind, go towards something. Don't leave a vacuum in your life. Run to Jesus. Run to Jesus. Some of us are entwined in the garment of pride. I'm not going to come to some church and Bible study and some service, and I'm sure not going to get up and come down to some altar. I can handle this myself. Well, if you think you can, let me tell you something. No, you cannot. You can't handle it yourself. Don't you understand, sir? Don't you know, ma'am, that there are things in your life right now bigger than you? You know, when you really begin to gain some momentum and get some distance spiritually, when you admit, this is bigger than me. This is bigger than me. This that has me bound is bigger than me. I need somebody stronger to come in and set me free. It's bigger than me. This is bigger than me. When you look up and just say, Lord, Lord, this is bigger than me. I want my life back you'll find that there is only one who can really set you free. You will know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You can go ahead and try everything in the world you want. Call the psychic hotline. That won't set you free. Become involved in yoga. Go ahead and turn yourself into a human pretzel. That won't set you free. Go hug a tree. That won't set you free. Go say aum a hundred different thousand times in the woods, in the forest, and believe you're going to become one with nature. That will not set you free. Only one sets you free. He came and died for our sins and rose from the dead so that he could truly set us free. And what about the garment of fearing what other people think? If I go down there, I know what they are going to think. Can I ask you a question? Who is they? Since when did they, haven't you realized, they aren't going to be there when you face God? Oh, but they have money. They can give me a better job. They have high and mighty opinions. Let me tell you something. They are dust. Take your stand. Take your stand for God and don't care what anybody thinks. Don't care what a human being on earth thinks. Care only what he thinks. Bartimaeus did not care what anybody thought. Bartimaeus didn't care when he heard, come on down. Just like those women on that show, he ran to Jesus. He didn't care what anybody thought. They told him to be quiet. He did not be quiet. He yelled even louder when they told him to stop it. Let me tell you something. There's always going to be they when you go to seek God with all of your heart. Aren't you going a little overboard? You know, I'm very concerned that you're becoming, well, fanatical. 
don't you need to kind of get some counsel? Aren't you going a little far with this Jesus thing? While they, on a given weekend, will take their shirt off, paint themselves green, put something that looks like cheese on their head, and scream in the middle of a winter storm for a team to carry a pigskin from one set of poles to another. Jesus asked, what do you want me to do for you, Bartimaeus? I love his reply, Rabboni. You know what that means? My great one. My great one. That I may receive my sight. You're not only the Messiah, you're my great one. Jesus said, go your way. Your faith has healed you. It says, instantly, he could see. Look what he got, because he didn't care what they thought. Look what he got, because he didn't let people stop him. Look what he got, because he took off of himself whatever hindered him. Look what he got. And can you imagine having your eyes open and he's the first face you see? First face. And what I love about this is Jesus said, go your way. But instead of going his way, it says he followed Jesus on the road. He just began to follow Jesus. I'm going to tell you something. I'm 52 now. I've been around a while. I've seen a lot of things. I'm going to tell you something. You cannot go wrong ever following Jesus on the road. Let them say what they want. Go where they want. Do what they want. Don't go with them unless they're going with you on the road. There is only one road. It's narrow. It's constricted. It's tight. It's not popular. But it leads to life. Bartimaeus said, go my way. What way? You're the way. I'm following you. And he just began to follow Jesus everywhere that he went. That's all we know of him. Don't hear about him again. But I guarantee you, when we go to glory, there's going to be a man up there who sees, Bartimaeus, I read about you. Your story inspired me. I just knew who he was, and when I knew, I ran for him. He stood still for this man who had the cry of faith. He'll stand still for you. Can we stand together today? Would you bow with me for just a moment of prayer? You can say, Pastor Jeff. That nudge thing you're talking about, I know that nudge. And I believe he's been nudging me to follow him in the road.
Would you raise your hand just right where you are and say, I've sensed that nudge. I know that it's time. Put them up high. Bless you. I'm going to ask if you can say, Pastor Jeff, that nudge, God's been dealing with me, and I know it. You raise your hand. I'm going to ask you to do something. Do like Bartimaeus. I'm going to ask you to come down and let me pray for you. I want to pray for you. It's a short walk, but you'll go a long distance spiritually. If you raise your hand, would you just come down and let me pray for you? Come right down here. Don't worry about what people think. Just make your way down. Come on. And let's sing, Steve, as they come. Come on. Yes, Lord.
Thank you, God, for doing it right now. I want you to lift your hands to him and say, Lord, I release it to you. And I know that today is the day my life changes. It will be broken off of me, and I give it to you. Now go ahead and take a minute and pray and give it to the Lord in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Everybody pray with us now. And let's believe God to do this. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Break it in the name of Jesus. Break it in the name of Jesus. Break it in the name of Jesus. Some of you need to say, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. I believe, but help my unbelief. I believe that today I can go free. 